Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Standing on the North Bank, the Swansea City podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to another episode of Standing on the North Bank. This is a Swansea City podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Davison, as ever, I'm joined by Andrew Gwillem. Um, we'll go straight to Liberty. Two wins from two. Got to be happy. Um, but in some ways, it's pro- probably quite like a, a game of two halves, you think? A bit cliche. Yeah. Stuff to kick <laughs> yeah, off, but there yeah. we go. <laughs> well, we're all about cliches on this podcast, don't we? Um, yeah, you know, I think, um, as you said, two, two wins from two. Graham Potter couldn't have, you know, couldn't have wanted a better start, really, as Swan's boss. And um, yeah, like you said, I think you saw two different sides of, you know, what 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 any team needs, really. You know, the bit of quality on the ball in the first half. Like Swansea were, you know, maybe not dominant, but they certainly had the better of the first forty-five minutes. You know, obviously had the goal by Jay Fulton and could have had another with Ollie McBurney's. Uh, penalty and then you know second half Bre- uh, Preston you know vastly improved, put them under an awful lot of pressure and you know pleasingly Swansea sort of found the character and the wherewithal to stick together and you know hold on and get the results. So um, you know I'm sure you know Graham Potter himself said that you know they, they, they will have to get better and I'm sure they will do. But just in terms of seeing in the first half an attitude and a bit of personality with the ball. And then seeing a different side to that in the second half, and they really had to, you know, they had to dig in and sort of get it out, if you like. So, yeah, very, you know, very good. Not not a perfect performance yeah. by any, uh, you know, by any stretch. But you know, it's a forty-six game campaign. You're not going to be perfect week in week out. You, you'll have good days and bad days, and it and it, it's about being able to find a way to get results. And um, you know, couldn't complain at all as far as that goes. I think we saw some decent passing play, nice little triangles, you know, which is always goes down down well with it with the Swansea fan base. You can almost see there though the the hallmarks, the, the beginnings of uh, Potter's philosophy, sort of filtering through to the start of play. I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think a bit like we said about the Sheffield United game. It's not a constant. It's it's not happening across the ninety minutes, and it's it's never going to happen across the ninety minutes no. right now because. We're only five or six weeks into the time with manager and coaching staff working with the players. But there are there are passages of play and there are little blocks in games where you can see what Swansea are trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do. And again, the first half particularly was a sign of that. I thought the 10-minute period around Fulton's goal in particular, um, you know, I think Swansea had two or three good chances to double their lead in that time. Um, you know, could have you know could have been a more comfortable second half for them, but they managed that. So, you know, I just in in the sense of what is happening on the field, yeah, there's a lot to be encouraged by, and a lot to be positive about. Even though it's still very early days, and there'll be tougher tests and tougher days ahead. 
I, I, I wrote a piece um, at the beginning of the week or the end of end of the weekend. I can't remember when exactly went up, but we we both mentioned beforehand there there, there had there could have been the the possibility of it being a, a difficult afternoon there in terms of the atmosphere. It could have been I think that word used the word toxic, but it really wasn't. Um, it was kind of about sort of three quarters full I think within with about 15 minutes to go the weather was wasn't particularly nice but I think when the final attendance came through it was about 19,300 yeah. I think it was yeah. but it really wasn't a, a a poisonous atmosphere at all the the fan base really got behind the players and and the manager as it should be really for his first game in charge and he had a a very good reception, didn't he? Yeah, he absolutely did. Yeah, and yeah, I think I think the atmosphere was quite an interesting one, wasn't it? Because I thought uh, I thought the supporters sort of handled it almost perfectly, if you like. You know, while the game was on, every tackle, every good piece of play, um, you know, was was cheered to the hilt. You know, even when Ollie McBurney missed his penalty, you know, the Ollie McBurney chant immediately came up yeah, straight away, from the stand you? on that side. So that you know that that was fantastic, and then. You know, the, in terms of showing dissatisfaction towards the board and the club hierarchy, that was kept for you know maybe longer stoppages in play where there were injuries or substitutions and things like that. So it never impacted on the players who were out on the field trying to do their best. Mm. You know, and we know from previous seasons that you know when, when the atmosphere has been heavily diverted towards uh, the owners and chairman Hugh Jenkins, for example, that it then has had a knock-on effect on the players. But the way it was on Saturday, it didn't. Yeah, yeah I thought that was great. You know, I thought it was. Really, you know, if, I, I thought supporters sort of managed to make their point, while also, but not by impinging or impacting negatively on the performance of the team. And that's what that's what it's about. Because you know, whatever you think of um, you know the events of the last week and beyond, you know the players and the manager. Are not to blame for that. They're you know they're the ones who need the support, and they and they had it in spades on Saturday, and that was uh, yeah that was really good to see, really heartening to see. Um, in the the build up when we got to um, the stadium around sort of just after midday, there was there was some rumblings really wasn't there about whether um, Joe Roden would be yeah. in the team, and then obviously that was confirmed then at at two, at two o'clock. Um, I think. A brave decision, but a but a popular one, and it played out that way, didn't it? He had a fantastic debut. Yeah, I think whatever, whenever you hand players an opportunity of that nature, um, and particularly, you have to consider that whether he was conscious of it or not, I mean, Joe Roden would have known that how he performed Saturday was going to be a talking point because in a week where having one senior centre half had been heavily criticised, and whoever had played their Saturday was going to be under the spotlight, and you know, he just took his chance, didn't he? Wonderfully well, really, really well. You know, I thought um, he looked far more assured than someone who was 20 years old and was making a, their first senior appearance for, for his hometown club. You know, season ticket holder used to stand on the, you know, on the, at the Vetch as a kid and watch Lee Trundle at all. You know, he's been been watching at the Liberty for many years and he stepped up really well. You know, Mike Van der Horn obviously offered a good presence alongside him but you know he he, he looked to the man of born in that sense you know, I thought really 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 good you know look don't, you know, let's not put too much pressure on his shoulders he's still a young man he's still developing as a player and it won't always be perfect and obviously it remains to be seen what happens moving forward 
you know, you'd imagine he would keep the jersey for now, but mm. maybe moving forward, you know, you might not expect him to play 46 games this season, for example. But he showed, given the opportunity, he can step up. And I, I think, in a way, that Connor Roberts did it last season as well. Yeah. And it's really good to see those play. I mean, particularly those two, because they've been with the academy since the ages of eight and nine, respectively. To see them step up and perform well is a major feather in the cap of every. You know, not, not just um, you know Cameron Toshak and Gary Richards who obviously do great work with the twenty threes, but throughout that system, because those boys have come all the way through to get to this point, and then they've and then they've performed when given the chance. So, you know, tremendous credit to to everyone at the academy who's played a played a part in helping them get there um, and it was you know I, I think I give him man of the match in the ratings just because I thought I thought he had to put that performance in context you know it's yeah. not just a case of playing well for the 90 minutes it was everything that went around it and um, oh, you know he can be he, he, he can be and he should be immensely proud of that performance you know um, I'm sure it's a day you'll remember you know for a very long time you said you mentioned Cam- Cameron Toshek and, and Kyra which is there that should be proud of what what happened on the weekend with Connor Roberts playing, Jeff yeah. Fulton, yeah. McBurney, Mac Rhymes off the bench. Yeah, you know it's it just goes to show really how good the the setup is with, with the academy and the uh, and the sort of without going into sort of cliches again into into the pathway to the fir- to the first team. Um, do you think that's going to continue this season? I suppose in some ways. Potter's got to rely on yeah. the other twenty-threes because they're so lacking in in certain departments yeah. anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, they're going to have to fall back on on them. And, and to be fair, so far they've they've stepped up and they've done a done a great job. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I think as as long as that squad is short of numbers in places, then you are going to you know you're going to have to be a bit self-sufficient, but also. The key thing is those those guys are performing. It's it's not the, it's not simply the case that they have to go in because the team is short. It's when they're there, as as you know, as we speak now, they're performing well, aren't they? You know, mm. they're standing up to be counted. I thought I thought Jay Fulton might have had his best game in a Swansea shirt. Yeah. On Saturday, I thought he was he was excellent. You know, Ollie McBurney be disappointed with the penalty, but I mean his work rate is is phenomenal. You know, I thought I thought he was out on his feet with. 65 minutes on the clock but he was still there at the end you know still you know the great chance we sort of slalom past a couple of defenders from Burson Chilina's pass you know it's great to see those players stepping up they could do with help you yeah. know let, let's not say now that you know the Swansea don't need loan reinforcements or anything because of how well they're doing they, they need more bodies because of the the wear and tear and sort of brutal nature of Playing so many games yeah. in the season, they, you know they do need more options, but it's great to see those guys show that they can perform at this level and that they can be genuinely be part of this. And I think one of the things that strikes me already is that this seems to be becoming quite a close knit squad already. You know they really dug in for each other last weekend. They you know they played for each other, and you saw I, that at full time as well, didn't you? With the, yeah. the way that they cel- they celebrated and and the non playing staff and. Uh, the, the the unused substitutes were all on the pitch con- congratulating the players and applauding the fans. So it was good to see, and we saw that at Bramall Lane as well, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's exactly that's exactly what you want to see from your side. Uh, you know, a desire to fight for each other, and you know, let's be honest, that's maybe not always been there. Yeah. Over the previous three seasons, 
but you can see early on that okay people have left if they didn't want to be here fine but it creates a new group and it gives new people a chance to if you like take a bit of ownership of it and just put their own stamp on it and you know so so far so good let's not you know let's yeah. not get too too carried away after two games but it's it's just nice to see it's just heartening to see after three really poor seasons on the field there is that togetherness and there is that desire to fight where things are not going perfectly yeah Joe Roden's name sort of dominated the team sheet but I think after about sort of 30 seconds both our eyes went down the team sheet and then saw hold up there's Leroy Fair on the <laughs> yeah, bench yeah. which was a bit of an eyebrow raiser well certainly for me when it was a surprise that he was took full part in training wasn't it in the in the open training yeah. session on the Tuesday and I think the word in his quotes he says that really the plan was to have a couple of games or a, certainly a run out for under 23s and to see his name then on the in the match day squad was was quite well, was a welcome surprise almost yeah. you know obviously um, when he came on I, you know he was, he was definitely definitely needed because at that point Swansea looked like they were they, the game was slipping away for them a little bit and he certainly came on and he every touch was cheered but I think he added some real physicality yeah to the to the engine room. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, astonishing that he's back so soon. Um, I mean, that session at the Liberty on Tuesday was the first time that he'd taken a full part in a training session since before his injury in February. You know, and all of a sudden, come Saturday, there he is, he's on the bench, and then he's summoned for the last 15 minutes to help his side see out the game. You know, and, you know tr- tremendous you know, desire and attitude on his uh, part and you know it should be said the club's medical staff obviously deserve you know uh, a big part on the back yeah. there because I mean uh, I remember Nathan Dyer doing something very similar um, the season before last and that was in February and I don't think Nathan played first team football until November because mm. I mean they do say that I mean rupturing your Achilles in yes. some cases is almost worse than breaking your leg because of the process of getting back to fitness yeah. and yet you know here's here's Leroy. Um, back playing football in August, um, you know, barely in mid-August. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, given Swansea are short of covering a number of areas, and central midfield is one of them. Then having the you know having the club captain backing in some sort of shape to be involved is a is a real boost for uh, Potter and his staff. You know, it'd be interesting to see how they manage him going forward because I wouldn't think, for example, that there's any danger that he'll start. At Birmingham on Friday night, or mm. even maybe against Leeds next Tuesday, but just to have him there as an option mm. and to be able to just increase his game time and get him back—that's that's good news. Good news all round. Yeah, I'd probably expect him to see see him on the bench for those games, even mm. if he's not if he's not used. Um, we touched on Leroy Fair's comeback. You did an article this week on Boney. Yeah. What's the sort of pro- prognosis with him when are we likely to see him back on the pitch yeah there's no there's no exact sort of guidance on that at the moment but the the, the expectation is that it's going to be October at the earliest um, obviously serious knee injury that he suffered in that game at Leicester um, and given he's obviously had a poor injury record prior to that you know, I think it's about just being cautious and yeah and making sure that he's you know he's, he's in the right sort of shape to come back I mean obviously future very much uncertain. You know, I don't think it's any secret that Swansea have been looking to try and offload him. Not because they don't want him, but because it, his wages are so big. You know, he's the 
Um, he's the biggest earner left at the club. You know, it's it's a considerable outlay, and I think he's one that's viewed as being unsustainable in the second tier, which you can understand. Um, mm. you know, the problem is, is Swansea are trying to find people who might be willing to take him, and they're put off by the wages in the first place. But then, obviously, the fact that he is he is currently injured, so um, you know, obviously, Swansea can still sell to clubs on the continent if they. If they can find someone willing to, but I mean, the, the the sense I've got from some of the conversations I've had is that, you know, a loan, if if anything is going to happen, it'll be a loan. But I don't think there's any guarantee that's going to be the case, and he might well end up uh, remaining at Swansea beyond the end of August. And in which case, then it's about getting him as fit as possible, yeah. and hopefully, you know, in a, in the couple of months before the January window, he can. Show what he's capable of, and you know you'd think in the championship and fully fit he would be, uh, he would be a handful. So we'll just have to see how that pans out. But good, you know, good to see him there on Saturday yeah. and cheering the guys on. You know, mm-hmm. he's not just uh, hiding away somewhere. And to be fair, that was true of him last season. You know, I think he was at the majority of games over the closing stages of last season, other than the times when he was in Qatar um, as part of his rehab. Yeah, we thought the transfer window was. Madness was over, but no, here comes the loan window. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the loan window has been open open anyway. anyway. Let's not forget. But we've got this. What? How long have we got? Two two weeks left of yeah. loan window being open. Could see possibly see some outgoings yeah. as well. Wayne Rout is linked with QPR. Hasn't been involved in the last two matchday squads. Yeah. Jay Fulton, I think Reading are still pursuing him now. I can only see him leaving if another body comes in especially in the yeah. mid- midfield yeah. maybe something would happen with Luciano Darcing yeah, as well possibly because he's not getting much of a, a, a look in Graham Potter said um, that they'll be active but it'll all be about bringing in the right player obviously the, the saga with Ryan, Ryan Woods has been yeah. going on and on and on and I don't think we can perhaps bring you anything particularly new on that but it's interesting what he what what he emphasised about bringing in that right player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anyone would take any issue with that at all, would they? You know, you you, you do want to make sure that you get things right because Swansea have got so much wrong in in recent years. But I mean, you know, I, in terms of Woods, I, I wouldn't write I wouldn't write off a low move. But I, I put, just speaking personal opinion, I'd be very surprised. I really would be. Um, Unless there is a unless there is a commitment to buy to buy him, but mm. we know from last the events of last week that Swansea were not prepared to pay um, Brentford's valuation of him. So I I I just don't see how he he leaves he wouldn't leave on a straight loan. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought. So um, I think with that it's a case of you might have to see it to believe it. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of outgoings, yeah, I mean, you touched on Routledge. I think quite obvious from not being involved at all, not even being on the bench for the first two league games of the season. That there's a, there's a, Graham Potter's mind is maybe made up with regards to his future. Um, you know, it's up, there is interest from QPR. I don't think it's gone beyond an initial sort of inquiry about no. whether he would be available. But that is, you know, that's one of his former clubs. You might think that that would be a good option for him. 
Uh, Narsing uh, again similar. Um, I think I think he was on. I think it was Narsing on the bench at Bromley. I can't quite remember now. But again, you know, does not appear to be a frontline option. He's wanted by teams in Turkey. I think yeah. that's been rumbling on since January. I think. Uh, yeah, and, it? and again, I think wages are a little bit of an issue um, there with regards to teams being able to take him. But you know, I, I think for those two, loan exits would make a lot of sense. Fulton, I find quite an interesting one because, as you just said, he played particularly well on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and you know, if he wanted to prove a point about wanting the chance to make his mark at Swansea, I mean, he's had little spells in the first team, hasn't he? Without yeah. ever quite making the spot his own. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought Saturday, you know, he looked like a man who was trying to, you know, trying to suggest, well, think you'd be better off having me here than letting me go somewhere. Um, I thought he was, act- he's he was excellent. excellent. Yeah. Um, so, again, as as you said, they, if they're going to let him go, then they're going to need yeah. at least one body coming the other way to fill the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we will just have to see. Um, you know, I uh, I, just, you know, I understand uh, Graham Potter saying that you know he, ex- he expects to be busy in the low market uh, but you know we'll see I think you know I think we expected that there might have been a few incomings on deadline day and in the days before and they they weren't so uh, I don't think you can prejudge it Uh, I think we've we've just got to kind of see how how this pans out and who who is uh, who's standing there with Swansea shirts once September the first come round because I I think we're at the stage now where I don't think it it almost in a way, it doesn't. It doesn't matter who teams are linked with, does it? It, it it'll matter when the, that window shuts, and you know what's what mm. because that's that's what you've got to work with, and that'll give us a full picture of what lies ahead in the in the in the few months to come before January. So, neither, you know, look, no question, there's work needs to be done. You don't need to be a rocket scientist, you, uh, yeah. you know, striker, centre half, centre midfielder. Those areas need to be addressed, and we'll see, we will, you know, we will. See, come the end of the month, what steps have been made to try and do that? But, uh, but, but let's face it, you know, the, the loan window is, it didn't open the morning after the transfer deadline. It's been open all summer, so okay, it's all right saying now. Look, we'll be busy now, but yeah. surely contingency plans should have been in place that we didn't end up in a situation like where they are now. Yeah. So you know, saying saying the loan window is there. Isn't really much of an excuse, really, because it's it's been there all along. Okay, um, let's uh, look ahead now to the game on Friday night. Um, to a certain extent, the, the team picks itself because there's not really other many other <laughs> options, <laughs> no. really. You, no. you, you, I don't think you can. I don't think you can, apart from obviously likely to see a change between the sticks. Yeah, because. I very much doubt that yeah. Northvelt will be will be fit for that. And, and to be fair, we should maybe touch on how good Mulder was when he came when he came on. Yeah, when he, when he, when he eventually came on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> took his time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so quite bizarre sort of sight of uh, James Linnington, the referee, being stood in the penalty area with the ball, <laughs> waiting for a Swansea <laughs> keeper to come on for about five minutes. Just just stood there with the ball in his hands. Um, yeah, he did do well. You know. Um, You've got to bear in mind that you know he has not played any first team football during his time at Swansea. And his last you know appearance would have been for here and Veen the season before last. Yeah. 
had a little bit of game time, I think, in the under twenty with the under twenty threes last uh, last season. You know, filthy, horrible day. The rains, the rains chucking it down. You know, as a goalkeeper, you could be forgiven for thinking, oh, you know, this could yeah, <laughs> this could go this, this could go horribly yeah. wrong. Um, but he did. He did well. You know, I thought um, you know made some good saves. I thought particularly the one from um, you know Meacher, the the sort of glancing header that looked like he was destined for the top corner. That was a great save. A couple of good saves from Harrop as well. And the other thing that kind of caught my eye was he he looks very natural with the ball at his feet. Yeah. Maybe in a way that Nord felt doesn't quite look look so at ease. You know, there was one lovely diagonal ball he played out for Connor Roberts. Yeah. You know, 25 yard lofted pass and it was on the money it was right on the money so um, yeah you know, good, you know great chance for him now um, you know as you say it does look like Nordfeld is going to be out we don't know for how long but I mean I think the fact that the scan the scan is taking place today on Wednesday as we speak now I think that probably tells you a lot because I think if you thought he if you thought he had any chance of being available Friday you'd imagine that scan would have happened on Sunday or Monday yeah. um, so Chance for Mulder, and I think uh, I think Stephen Bender is then likely to come onto the bench. Um, you know, lad who's nineteen, he's twenty at the oldest, so you know an opportunity for him to be involved. Um, and you know, look, Mulder's you know Mulder waited over I think it was four hundred eight days for his debut. Yeah, that's right. He's not going to want to waste this chance. He's going to want to show what he can do. So uh, you know, we wish him wish him the best of luck because he was it was. It was good to see him in the mix zone where, where we do player interviews after the game Saturday and um, you know although I think you could just sort of tell from his demeanour and his body language that there was a little bit of a sense of relief but there was also a, a real sense of joy yeah. you know, I just think it, it, it felt great for him to, to get out there and contribute to a win you know, and, you, and you keep a clean sheet on your debut so can't, you can't ask for more than no, that I can't really, fault can that and I said the rest of the, the, rest of the team is it'd be harsh on any of them to to drop yeah. them anyway. Yeah, you've got to reward. You've got to reward people for putting in performances, haven't you? And they and they and they definitely did. I think in, in virtually, every, I don't think there was a, a negative performance out no. of out of any of them. No, I think I think the more difficult aspect of this is that you've got the Leeds game on the t- on yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, you know, clearly, if you're asking people to put put in that effort every game, there is going to be a chance that. You know, might be more susceptible to injuries. You might need to think about mixing it up. But you know, I, w- I would, I would be tempted to go same again Friday, yeah. and then maybe see how people back up before the Leeds game. You, do, you know, you don't know. There might, there could be an arrival or two to help out. But I mean, look, it's it's going to be tough on guys like you know, Ollie McBurney's the obvious one because you know he's he's putting a tremendous he's amount of effort in over ninety minutes, and he, you know he can't really. He can't really come off, can no, he? Because there's he no one is else the to come on. Striker. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I'd, I'd be inclined to go see him again. I think uh, Declan John might come onto the bench, possibly, given obviously he's come, uh, shaken off a minor back complaint. Um, so he's in the mix. So we'll see what they do. What they do there. Well, obviously, Mark Grimes, in some ways, gives that little bit of versatility that he's left back cover but he also gives them an extra body in midfield when they needed it yeah. Saturday so that, that'll be an interesting one but yeah I'd, I'd, I would probably expect Mulder in goals and the rest of the side to be the same uh, finally uh, a little little 
nod to a familiar face that'll be at St Andrews on Friday. Yeah. I think you said this was going to be Monk's first time. Yeah, I think it is. Managing against I think Swan- it is, Swansea. Because obviously the other gigs he's had have been in the Championship and the Swans have been in the Premier mm. League. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a very strange experience for him. Um, you know, someone who spent 12 years at Swansea as a player and then the manager. You know, you know the, the word... The phrase club legend gets thrown around a lot, it? but I think you know you'd have to class you'd have to class Gary Monk as being one of Swansea's great servants. You know, I don't yeah. think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, very sad the way it uh, it ended for him here. You know, um, you know the club that he'd loved for so long, and and I think obviously the one of the one of the things he knew about taking the manager's job deep down was that your next step from there tends to be out the door doesn't it you don't tend to be reabsorbed back into the club no. somewhere else you know you, you, your next move from there is always going to be always going to be out um, you know look, interesting you know Birmingham not had the greatest summer they talk of a transfer embargo and things like that so it's not you know it's not an easy job for him up there but um, you know certainly be good uh, good to see him and you'd hope that he'd get a you know, you get a good uh, reception from the travelling fans at St Andrews on Friday. Okay, great. Okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, we'll probably be back um, next week now to to take in the uh, the game at, uh, at St Andrews, and then we'll probably either look ahead to the Leeds game or, or look after it, depending on when we can uh, record next. But um, yeah, just to just to say again that you can get all your Swansea City news on Wales Online. Twitter and Facebook just search Swan City Live and we'll be back next week thanks mate cheers